Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's Brockstar with Krasinski, and I'm remotely doing this so that I don't get people ill. Uh, what's up? So before we get into just incredible news that I'm ecstatic about, that is literally healing me, um, I'll go with Brockstar first here. Do you feel like we cover teams equally on this show? It's a little thing going on in the chat right now. You know, not all 30 equally. Obviously, there's some teams that don't have as much drama or just don't do anything, you know, in the offseason. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like you, you know, you have to cover teams that are doing things and that are relevant in in the world. Um, not every team is 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 doing things in the offseason. And, you know, what is there to talk about? Right. So, um, you know, I think we do a good job of of talking about the teams that are relevant at that time and, and the things that are are happening in baseball as they happen. AJ. I mean, I don't know what. Team, we cover the Orioles more than most teams. We cover the A's more than anybody. We talk about the Yankees. We talk about the Mariners. We talk about the Rays. We've talked about the Marlins. We've talked about the Reds. The Car- I mean, I don't know who we haven't really. We've even talked about the the Rockies, who no one talks about. So I mean, I feel I feel like we cover teams better than and and do it, especially in the time we're allotted to cover all thirty teams. I think we do a damn pretty good job. So I'm proud of the work we do covering everybody equally. I mean, it's you're never going to cover everybody equally because. The Dodgers have done more, right? The Yankees and some of the other teams have done more stuff. So guess what? They're going to get more coverage because they're doing more. The teams like the Marlins who haven't done one free agent the whole winter or the Rockies who haven't done much, they're not going to get as much coverage. Yeah, we're covering the storylines. It's that simple. So let's get to a topic that I am freaking ecstatic about. And it's a team that I do feel like we cover a lot and we're going to cover probably more because they're actually going to do things. It's impossible for them to get any lower than where they're at right now in terms of payroll and just not caring about free agent signings, um, yet being an awesome team. So let's charge the damn mound, and I'm going to personally do this. The Baltimore Orioles are being sold. (laughs) Let's fucking go. The Baltimore (laughs) Orioles have one of the worst ownership groups in all of sports. 
because often when someone buys a team and they pass it to their kids, they fuck it up. That's exactly what has been happening here. And we are about to see a renaissance period of baseball in Baltimore, AJ. As you can see, they're making a pretty penny on this. $173 million in 1993 in bankruptcy hearings. And now they're selling it for a little over $1.7 billion to some finance bros that I guarantee you will care more than what is going on right now with John Angelos, who is just stuffing his pockets with cash and is about to do that even more so. But this isn't just a win for Baltimore because they're actually going to invest in their team. This is also a win for baseball because this is somebody who is poisonous to our sport in terms of the words that come out of his mouth. There's 9,000 examples, even in the past year, of suspending a broadcaster for doing nothing, of promising the city certain things that never happen, threatening fans that you're going to raise ticket prices if you even think about extensions like for uh, Gunnar Henderson or Adley Rutschman, and the list goes on and on. Can you tell I'm excited? Uh, the only thing I'd way would you would be more excited is if you got another team that was sold i think that would be the only the only way actually maybe two teams one is the jersey brock's wearing and one is a green and gold team that uh you know that we've talked about numerous times about their owner and how he hasn't exactly helped the team out but this is a banner day for baltimore it's great for the orioles cal ripkins being brought back in and the thing for me is now they'll spend some money they haven't spent any money this offseason you got gunner henderson adley rutschman you know, Jackson Holiday, all these guys that are, should be locked up like other teams, like you see the Braves doing, they haven't locked up any of them. So it's time now. These new guys, you know, David Rubenstein, when he comes in to take over, you know what? His first order of business should be like, all right, Adley, let's get a deal done for you. Gunner, let's get a deal done for you. Maybe Kyle, maybe Bradish. I mean, whoever he thinks they need to lock up, like let's get this done so the fans can go and say, all right, we got these guys for the next five, six, seven years. And they play in a great ballpark. It's older, but it's still a great place. There's some renovations needed. I'm sure they'll get those done. But listen, anytime you get rid of out, out with some of the old guard stuff and bring in some of the new guys, because let's be honest, John Angelos, like you said, he didn't care that much. He was making money, money, money. And he's like, oh, yeah, we're going to move the Orioles. You're not moving the Orioles. They signed a new lease, and then miraculously a deal got done to sell them. So this is, this is all about a money grab for the Angelos family. And you know what? They made a what 1.6 billion off this deal, so more power to you. Now let's get the Orioles spending. Because guess what, Brockstar? Your Red Sox, your Yankees, they're not going to be the top of the heap anymore if these guys come in and do what they're supposed to do. Listen, you're you're spot on, AJ. Like <clears throat> that ballpark to me is is that was one of my favorite places to go. Um, and you, you think back to the years, I mean, obviously they were good last year, won the division, but you think about the years with JJ Hardy and 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 Matt Weeders and and whenever they were in the playoffs and that place was packed, right? Like that, that place is awesome. And, you know, if you're, if you're, you know, in my opinion, right off in the sunset with this money that you made on your team and now you don't have to care, you know, you don't, you don't have to care. You're rich. Um, just be happy that, that you don't have to deal with it anymore, but it is, it's a huge move for the, for the city of Baltimore, for the Orioles. And I mean, it's exciting for, I'm not even an Orioles fan. And it, it, it's exciting for me to see, a, a team, an organization, get some new ownership in there who's willing to do something and make the team better and, and spend money on players. And, I mean, that's that's all you want as a fan uh, of a franchise, of an organization. Just, like, give me something, right? Like, give me something to root for. And, you know, I think the, the Baltimore Orioles are, are heading in the right direction and they're going to be a fun team to watch for a long, long time. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Dude, their payroll is like $70 million. If you go back to 2018, which is when I think John Angelos was like, listen, we got to be as much like the Rays as possible and even kind of dumb it down a little bit and spend even less than them. What can we do? Mike Elias, who's the GM there, has done a fantastic job, a brilliant job during the rebuild. Let's keep in mind, there was close to six years of pain in Baltimore. You lose a generation of fans when you're that bad and you don't care like that. But they did build themselves back up. This is the time for them to strike. It's a very difficult division. They have not ranked higher than 27th in payroll since that time period I'm talking about, 2018. They also haven't even signed a player to a multi-year contract, a free agent. So everything's about to change. And also, you know, the Masson situation with the TV that they have going on between the Nationals and the Orioles. There's been ongoing legal, legal batting, battles. AJ, you know who's in charge of Masson, right? The president of Masson who makes millions and millions of dollars. I'm assuming it's John Angelos. It's John Angelos. Ding, ding, <laughs> Bye. Is See you later. Sure? Everything's about sure? to change. Yeah, because so Masson's in the deal. So this will finally get rid of like the territorial rights with the Nationals and that whole thing? Or are they going? I don't know all that. I just know that there won't be a train wreck running the ship who's who's paying himself a lot, right? And then crying poor. I mean, he's paying himself like. I don't know, a, a tenth of what the freaking payroll is for the team just for that particular job, which obviously he does damage to. He doesn't contribute to that job. So just think about how many changes are about to occur. It's going to be a domino effect. Quick question for you, Scott, because Kelsey in the chat said that uh, the owners of the Orioles only own 40% of the team until Peter Angelos passes away, and Correct. then they take control. So does that mean John, like the Angelos family still owns – they obviously still own 60% of the team. Does that mean they're still the controlling – force behind this or I don't think so because they own 70% of the team so if this new group takes over 40% of the team that takes away 40 from them and puts them down to 30 right so you'd have 40 that means they're the majority 30 to the Angelos family and then the rest of the minority investors I think we'll get clarification because sorry say that again in my ear He's the control person right from the jump, right? Not even okay. Got it. Yeah. So when so is this? When is this going to be uh, approved? 
Do you know what's happening next week in Orlando? Mm, you're leaving? Ownership meetings. The owners really? meetings. Yeah. Oh. Should we do a show from there? I mean, Do you think sure. they would let us? Yeah. Should we mic up not. the meeting? I feel like they'd Ooh. be cool with that. Mic up the meeting. Mm. But no, in all seriousness, I mean, they're probably going to have a meeting about that. I'm, I would guarantee that that's one of the discussion points. And that's why this news comes out right now. Because they only have those meetings, I believe, every quarter. And so they'll bring it up and be like, does anyone have any objection to John Angelos leaving our sport? And I think everyone will be like, oh, my God. <laughs> We're all about to make so much more money for this sport to get rid of one of the key villains of the sport. I mean, he was holding back Baltimore quite a bit. And, yes, AJ, you're right. As far as Peter Angelos is concerned, unfortunately, um, he has been uh, incapacitated for the last several years and um, not sure how much longer he has to live, but it is a capital gains tax issue where they'll be able to you know, cash out much better as a family um, if they wait at least for the partial amount of that sale. But the, the really the last wish for Peter, from what I read, was that he wanted to make sure that they secured the Orioles in Baltimore for years to come. So I will give credit on that front. However, it got done, it got done, right? The Angelos family made a deal with the city. It's going to be there at least for 15 years. It has potential for 30. So that was the kind of dying wish there from Peter. And I give him credit. Because also, I mean, AJ, you can remember, from 93 to 2000, the Orioles were legit. They were spending at the top of the market. They were fun to follow. I remember even for me, I mean, I wasn't an Orioles fan growing up, but I was like, oh, this is a fun team to follow. That was in my childhood things started to change in the early 2000s they became more mid-market now it's a train wreck in terms of how they're running the franchise obviously it's a very successful team at the moment yeah that doesn't uh, and they went through some they went through back through some ups and like when adam jones and, and weeders the, the group that brock kind of talked about chris davis remember when they gave him the big contract and uh they had arietta and some of the other guys it was it was listen it was always a fun place to go as a player baltimore was always a fun stadium to go in and play they, they always drew decent crowds no matter how good or bad they were so it wasn't it's not like this place is awful it's a great ballpark they, they again they need to do some renovations in the clubhouse and just and just to clean up some stuff but they're back and now with new ownership who hopefully is willing to spend they're going to really be back and it's a listen this is a warning shot against the red Sox, the yankees the Blue Jays. Guess what, boys? If the Orioles start spending money, they could run this division for a while. Well, yeah, right on. Uh, the the thing I like most about the Orioles right now is how young they are. Um, AJ, you know this. Like, you have to have young guys come up and turn into good big league players for your organization to take off. But if you're not spending in free agency and going out and filling holes – you're, you're, you're stuck. You're stuck in, in, in one spot. So with the Orioles, with their young talent that they have and, and the control that they have over these players, and I'm sure they're going to sign some of these guys to extensions because they're huge parts of their team. But if they can go out and start spending in free agency and getting some, some of the top end free agents and bring them to, to Baltimore to plug in, to fill some of these holes that they have. I mean, like you said, they, they have a chance to be good, really good for a long time. And that's, that's exciting for, for anybody, you know, not, not just Orioles fans, but baseball fans in general. And AJ, there were some fans on social that were like, well, these, these are finance bros, you know, in private equity, they try and kind of milk companies out and trying to explain how business works. And I'm like, it's not going to happen. It's not, it's I'm sorry. I mean, it's the Dodgers have finance bros. The Mets have a finance bro running their team. 
this is going to be in that same realm. Are they going to be at the Dodgers Mets spending? No, but think about it. Look at the bar that is set. It's so freaking low. They're spending $70 million a year. We're talking about the Mets and Dodgers 300 plus. I'm like, anybody that's concerned about this next ownership group is wrong. And I've already been doing some homework on them. Heard they're fantastic. So I don't think they're going to have any problems. It's going to be like their toy. And this is how you get back to the community. These are guys that have endless money. It's not going to be an issue. These are the kind of people you want in this sport. And also think about this. Think about if the Orioles is what their payroll is under seventy million. Yeah. Think if they got it to one hundred and seventy, which is kind of a little bit middle of the packish, a little high end, but they added a hundred million to this payroll. What they could bring in, I mean, that gets you a lot of free agents. A hundred million, right? So this could Even be half that, dude. Okay. Yeah, fifty Even million. Even half that. They would have had Snell, Hater, and another starter this off season. Like it was nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Watch Think out. Watch out, AL East. If they start spending, that's all I'm going to say. Watch out. You know, no, is there, Brock, is there a cooler moment in sports when Camden Yards is packed and they sing the national anthem and they just go, oh! oh dude, I'm telling you, oh. it's my favorite. Like, oh. it, it was my favorite place to go on the road. I loved I loved Baltimore. Obviously, you know, the hotel we stayed at was nice, but the, but the playing surface, the field, the fans, that ballpark, I mean – and you go back to to like you said the Chris Davis the the Matt Weeders like when they were in the postseason those few years and they were playing and that dude that I mean your TV screen's shaking right whenever you're watching it so I, I love that place and I dude I'm excited I'm excited for them I'm excited for the city I'm excited for the fans and I, I still don't like that they moved left field back but um, you know maybe maybe these new guys will be like you know what let's let's change it back and and and, and put it back to way it's supposed to get supposed to be but that place is awesome that place is awesome and and uh, this is exciting time for for baltimore orioles fans hey brock i'll disagree with you on that i think mount baltimore has, has helped them it'll help with pitching, well, recruiting and they're pinching but yeah but there's a study I, that says p- pitchers parks do better than hitters parks in terms of success over the years so they probably well tweak that's fine that. that's fine that we can we can state all the facts we want i i still don't like it so <laughs> I, I, I like the i like the way it was and that's you know that's just maybe it's because i i hit well there i never hit an awful homer there and i couldn't do that but i just i felt like it i felt like it was a good place to go in as, as an opposing team and you're like all right we're going to baltimore we're going to score some runs here right but like like you said like if you need pitching yeah great like it's going to be it's going to be good for them to bring guys in and but I mean, I'm sure if you ask any of you know any of their offensive players, any of their hitters, they would prefer it to to go back yep. to the way it was. Hey, we used to go to Baltimore. If you were like, "Oh, we're for four games. If I don't get at least one homer in these four games, it's a bad series." Yeah, because you're like, "Gosh, I got to run into one fly ball that just keeps going and going and going." Especially to right, it was like, "Oh man, please, please, I got to get out of here with at least one." So homer. It was a it was a great it's a great place to hit, great place to hit. And I mean, the the playing surface was great. They take care of the field. I mean, it's the beautiful scenery background, like just a just an awesome place. So, let's sneak in this bit of news too. Did you see Corey Seager going down with the sports hernia surgery, and we're not sure if he's going to be ready for opening day? I mean, <laughs> this one is tugging at me because AJ one side says, "Whoa, we're almost at spring training," and they just figured this out. The other side of me says, "Well." They just won the World Series. This dude's a legend. He was playing through it. How pissed can I really get when he's literally single-handedly winning me championships? Well, the question I have, and I think everyone has, is why didn't he do this sooner in the offseason? Why wait till now? Yeah. If he was playing with it, why did we not? Because hernias aren't like something that just go away miraculously overnight. 
I mean, there's something you have to go in and usually do surgery on. It takes a little while, especially, you know, as a position player in your core and, and him swinging and him playing shortstop. So I think that's the main question. But just get better, get 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 healthy, get back, Corey. And you know, listen, you're a great player and you led your team to World Series. But they need to they need it every game because we've talked about the Astros are going to be there with them all year. The Mariners have made some moves to try to stay with them, so it's going to be another tough fight for them to get in. And they just need to get healthy. They need Scherzer back. They need. Verlander or not or DeGrom back and then they need Seeger back. Yeah, I yeah, think Brock. I, mean, I think late, right? Yeah, I think um you know with that with that injury you say he's he played through it through the postseason. And, and for me it's like one of those things where if you can't tell me 100% that not having surgery I'm going to be back to normal then I then I'm going to take care of it as soon as the season's done so I know that I'll be ready for come spring training and opening day. You know, I don't think it's one of those things where you know, let's just play this out through the offseason. Obviously, that's what they did, and it didn't work out. Now he ended up having to have surgery. But for me, if it, if, if you can't tell me 100% that I'm going to be ready to go, then let's go ahead and get it done and, and, and be ready when when I need to be ready. And actually, we're going to talk to Andy Koska from the Baltimore Batter coming up in a minute or two about the Orioles sale. So being that we'll do that and then basically go right to slap hands, I did have one fan question on Twitter that I promised I'd bring up. Okay. So Sam, who watches the show pretty frequently, responded to one of the comments yesterday about the Orioles uh, sale and said, Steve Cohen has, quote, spent more than the bad owner he replaced. How's that worked out thus far? And I basically said, I think there's too many words for me to type to respond to that, but that I would bring it on to the show because AJ, you're not always going to freaking put dubs together. And Steve Cohen obviously is learning how to win in major league baseball. But I think any Mets fan would be like, yeah, I'm thrilled with this new group. They care. They're trying, they're transparent. There's less BS. Obviously there's been a lot of drama around the Mets franchise, especially over the past 10 to 15 years. I think people all realize it's like you have hundreds of people working in an organization a new group takes over they don't just fire everyone they have to slowly but surely kind of evaluate and get the franchise back to some respect so i don't know for me personally i grew up in the new york area i know a lot of mets fans i think it is night and day between the last group and this group i'd much rather have my owner try that's it it's that simple they try they may not always get it right but at least you know at least you know he's trying I mean, would you rather have Brock's Red Sox group right now that's going full throttle and not signed anybody? <laughs> I would rather have someone that's going full throttle and signing people and, 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 giving, <laughs> and giving us an opportunity to, to win more baseball games. Whether we do or not, that's, that's played out on the field. But like you said, AJ, I'd rather have a, a, an owner that's, that's trying to put a winning, winning product on the field than, than opposed to, to not. Right. They're even doing the small things. The Wilpons weren't keeping in touch with most of the former Mets greats. I mean, they brought a lot of them back. It's just top to bottom. I mean, you could write a freaking book already about the last few years compared to the past. Yes, they've had a little bit of winning. I mean, they made it to the playoffs. They were, what, a 100-win team a couple of years ago, and then it came crashing down last year. But, I mean, pretty sure they're going to be in a good spot and be spending a lot again next offseason, too. They went for Yamamoto. So just keep all that in mind. And let's bring that into our combo with Andy Costco right now from the Baltimore Banner. So, Andy, are, are you doing this? Or are you are you witnessing this in Baltimore right now? Everyone just uh, with a collective clap and saying, so so when does this start? Can this start tomorrow so we can try and bring on a Blake Snell or Jordan Montgomery for the Orioles? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, fans are very excited. And I think they get ahead of themselves a little bit with 
with when the spending actually comes about. You know, this is a huge deal. Uh, it'll take, you know, it could take a little while before something is finalized. Uh, it needs to be, you know, first off, neither uh, Rubenstein or the Angelos family has publicly announced this deal. So it's still in the uh, sources stage uh, that we've reported. Uh, it also needs to be approved by the rest of the MLB owners. So a little, you know, it'll take a little while. Uh, we don't know the exact timeline on when that is. Uh, but when it does happen, you know, fans, I, I know, are very excited about the possibility. I mean, when you, when you have three billionaires team up to buy a team, uh, you imagine the spending power is, is, is fairly large and, and, and could, reading tea leaves, I mean, it, it could change the outlook of, of what the Orioles tend to do in, in an offseason. Can you document some of the lowlights recently from this ownership group? And when I say that, I'm primarily talking about John Angelos, just for people to realize how much things will change or how bar, how low the bar has been set lately by some of the actions that uh, he's done. And also just spending as if they are, you know, one of the three or four kind of most broke teams in baseball when we know that's not the case. Yeah, well, I, I don't want to, you know, put too much dirt on top of John Angelos considering, I mean, he, he brought in Mike, Mike Elias and that was a phenomenal hire. He got out of the way. Uh, he let Mike burn the team down and then bring it back up and has committed to Dominican Republic Academy for, for international scouting. So there, there has been things behind the scene uh, John Angelos really invested in. Uh, one of those things was not the major league payroll, as as you mentioned. Um, for a couple of years now, it, it's you know it, it's been Baltimore, Oakland, Pittsburgh uh, among the lowest payrolls in the league. Um, that has also helped uh, in a way, you know, with 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 the losing, getting Adley Rushman, Jackson Holiday, Gunnar Henderson. So it it, it naturally is a, a little bit of a, a double side coin, as anything is. But um, I think they're at a they're at a stage right now where you have all these young guys coming through and there was there was a new york times interview with, with john angelos the the chairman and ceo um i think maybe six months ago seven months ago where he said you know in order to raise money to pay these players long term it would likely be you know you have to raise ticket prices and, and concession prices and things like of that nature um which was did not go over well in, in baltimore as as you can imagine um so this Again, we don't necessarily know, but you're adding, you're rejuvenating a, a partnership group in, in Baltimore with, with some big names. I mean, including, you know, a, a legend like Cal Ripken Jr. Uh, joining joining the ranks in, in whatever, probably a small, very small role. But just having somebody of that presence uh, as part of an ownership group is, is a big deal. And, you know, maybe next offseason uh, they go full throttle. Uh, right now it's been a pretty quiet offseason for the Orioles. And, you know, Craig Kimbrell's the, the big the big addition that, you know, Mike Elias has consistently said they want a starting pitcher, uh, a top end starting pitcher. Uh, for much of that time, it, it was pretty clear that they were not going to spend at least this offseason on one of the biggest names in the market. Uh, a trade more likely, we'll see if one of those trades still happen, but uh, maybe next year the, the O's will be in a better position to, uh, to to shell out for a guy like, you know, Jordan Montgomery or Blake Snow, whoever that you know, somebody of that ilk next offseason, um, you know, in the free agent market would be one of the top end starters. So is that what we can expect? Maybe them to turn the faucet on is next offseason? Because yeah, again, I, they haven't done anything. And I and I think they're one of the best teams in baseball right now. If only they would go out and get somebody, a Snell, a Montgomery, whoever that, that person is, or even make a trade. I know they hold on to their prospects like 
like candy, you know, it's like, gosh, we have, we have 42 prospects. And if we only have 40, we'll never survive. It's like, okay, guys, you have multiple middle infield prospects, multiple outfield prospects, multiple pitching prospects. You can make a decision and trade some away. Go get a, I don't know if Corbin Burns saw on the market, a Dylan Cease, whoever it is to help get you to the next level. They don't even seem willing to that, to do that. So once this is all finalized, I mean, I'm hoping it's next year, but do we have any indication that it could be longer than that? Well, Shane Bieber probably on that list as well of guys you mentioned. But yeah, that 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 group, you know, Dylan Cease as well, uh, you'd think could be trade targets. Uh, you know, they've spoken to basically every team in the league, uh, all 29 other teams about trades. Um, so I know they've tried. It's, it's mainly at this point, uh, Michael Elias has been uh, reluctant to, I believe, I guess overspend would be the word, you know, in prospect capital, you know, doesn't want to spend too much of his, of the prospect capital because teams know that this is the number one farm system in baseball. Uh, they, they know, um, you know, that they could probably get a great player back, a player that's going to change the course of a franchise in return for a, maybe a rental or a two year, three year guy uh, that the O's would get. So uh, Elias has been very reluctant to, to completely jump, you know, into that, into that net and, and, and risk losing a guy, you know, who knows if a, if a Connor Norby, you know, or Kobe Mayo or somebody like that becomes, you know, an all-star. And I think they, they want to keep their options open. Again, it, it, that has been a frustration for, for Orioles fans of Baltimore uh, that, that you haven't seen that. And maybe next offseason is really when it would be uh, more likely. I mean, this, this could take three months to finalize, four months to finalize. I, you know, it, it could take a while before the new ownership group actually has, uh, you know, control. And then also... Uh, the new ownership group is coming in with with a forty percent stake. Uh, you know they, they for tax reasons mainly um, until Peter Angelos, who is uh, the owner. Uh, John Angelos is the control person right now, the son of Peter Angelos. Until Peter Angelos uh, passes away, which you know we're, we're hoping he he's you know stays you know healthy, and we're not, not wishing that. But uh, until he passes away, for for tax reasons, it's not going to be a full transition immediately. So maybe next off season the the O's will be in a position to spend, but. We're in a little bit of we're in a, in a little bit of a uh, unknown at, at this point. Uh, I think there's reason to be optimistic and and hopeful that this is a sign that that things will, uh, you know, I, I believe as you said, you know, the the faucet will open. Um, it could definitely be that, but we, we don't necessarily know until until all, everything shakes out and and we know exactly what the deal looks like and and you know, we'll, we'll see. Okay, so how many prospects can one team have? You know, you keep saying Mike Elias doesn't want to give up prospects. I mean, they, everything you read, they have 20-plus major league prospects and multiple at every position. So I get that you don't want to give up a guy that could be a star, but isn't that the point of, of winning, right? You can't – you know, not all prospects turn into, you know, stars. They turn into good major league players. And how many times do you see guys get traded, turn into superstars – in other organizations. I mean, it happens, but it's very, it's a lot rarer than coming up to the organization. Like I'm not saying trade Jackson holiday is the number one consensus, number one prospect. Right. But if you have some guys in a ball that you're like, okay, he could be good or he could be just an average player. And you can get a guy that can change and get you deep into the postseason. Isn't that a trade the Orioles should make? Yeah. I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to say you're wrong. <laughs> you know, I think it's, it's something that, uh, you know, that's a, that's an opinion that has been, shared widely and I, I think there's some value to uh you know i think there's some value to, to holding prospects so that you kind of internally know which is going to hit which is not 
Uh, there's also some value in holding them so that the deep, you know, closer you get to spring training report date, um, teams might be more willing to to make a deal for a little bit less than they had originally been asking for. Uh, so we'll see, you know, in the two weeks between now and spring training, whether that actually shakes out. Uh, teams might decide like, hey, we don't want a Dylan Cease to report and be disgruntled. Uh, let's make a deal. Let's make a deal in the next two weeks and accept, you know, maybe a step below. Still a really good prospect, but a step below what we had initially asked for. Those are all things. Those are all things. You know, we have to wait and see. But I mean, you also there's yeah, you're you're 100 also correct that there's literally not enough places on a baseball diamond for for the number of prospects the Orioles have. And you know, some of that will be, you know, you look at Connor Norby, Joey Ortiz. Uh, will they make the roster out of spring training? We'll see. I mean, it's really competitive because you also have Gunnar Henderson, you have Jackson Holiday, uh, you have Kobe Mayo. You have these. You have a, you have a glut of infield prospects that you know fit in with. You also have returners. You know, Ryan Mountcastle and Ryan O'Hearn and you know Ramon Arias and Jorge Mateo. You have a lot of you have a lot of prospects and, and too few positions to play them. Same thing in the outfield with Heston Kerstad, a power hitting corner bat. Kyle Stowers, who you know struggled a little bit in his time in the majors, but still high high potential, and Colton Kowser, who you know everyone in the organization believes that that Colton's really going to come through and uh, change. You know, obviously he came up twenty six games last year, tiny sample size, hit one fifteen on the season, but they think he uh, is, is a superior prospect as well. That that can be a you know maybe a left fielder for a long time uh, for the Orioles. So I imagine um, it makes too much sense. Uh, not to make a trade. So I imagine a trade will happen. But, uh, you know, the O's are, are holding those cards close to their chest. They're, they're waiting uh, for a price that they are more willing to um, to say yes to. And yeah, it, it, I, I would be shocked, though, if they if they didn't move some of these prospects at some point, because, yeah, I mean, you, you can't play them all. All right. So let's finish with this. Do you, Can you see a scenario where things kind of fall apart for this team this coming season? Or is it hard to see that when you witness what else is going on around the division? Obviously, the Red Sox have been, for the most part, a joke and look like a last-place team again. But besides that, it's pretty competitive amongst those four teams. So can you see a world where, hey, they won a lot of tight games with Felix Bautista. Maybe they're not getting that with Craig Kimbrell. Maybe a player or two or, or quite a few take a step back with a sophomore slump, or is it hard to imagine that Baltimore is not, you know, one or two in the division and 95 plus dubs? I, I could, I could see a step back. Um, I, I, I don't think it's going to be a major step back. Um, maybe they don't break, maybe they don't break the hundred win mark, but somewhere in the 87 to 90 win mark, it would still be obviously a still a step back, still a good season at the same time. Um, but there, there is some fragility here. You know, you can never have too much pitching. And if the if the team goes into the into the season with the same amount of starting pitchers they have right now, one injury to a, a key starter could really hinder them down down the stretch. They don't have that much starting pitching depth, uh, as you mentioned, with how Felix Bautista. I mean, Felix was probably the the best closer in the game last year. Um, that that injury really hurts, and, and you don't know exactly what Craig. Kimbrell is going to look like obviously probably Hall of Fame resume for a closer, but um, it is not at his peak. Um, and there were other issues in the bullpen last year that hit and miss guys. Um, you're, you're going to rely on some guys having phenomenal seasons again. Uh, Ryan O'Hearn, phenomenal season last year. Will he, you know, 
play at that level level again? Will he almost hit 300 again when previously in his career, uh, again, without regular playing time, he wasn't hitting anywhere near that level? Um, he, he could easily, I mean, reach the, you know, he could bat at a very high level again and, the, and the, everything could click and, and maybe they win the division. But this is a, you know, the Yankees have retooled. The, the Toronto Blue Jays are going for it. The Tampa Bay Rays are doing Tampa Bay Ray things, you know, that they're probably going to be in the mix. So this is a division that is never easy. And so you have to have an understanding as the O's that this is not a gimme uh, just because you won the division last year with 101 wins and and you, you kind of maybe surprised people um, and, and how quickly this team progressed from worst to first. Um, I, I could definitely imagine that, you know, in a wrong injury here or there, uh, a slump here or there for the wrong guy uh, could push this team more into a wild card territory. I still think they will have a very good season. Uh, you never know with, with more playoff uh, experience now for these guys who most of them never played in the postseason before. Uh, you imagine that maybe they at least win a game in the postseason uh, and make it a little bit more of a contest uh, against you know a, a great team like the Rangers obviously went on to win the World Series. So that was a tough matchup. But you still expect it to be a good season for Baltimore, but, but maybe not to the exact height that it was in 2023. Yeah, no, that makes sense, and especially given the division. So um, that, that all makes sense there on that front. Uh, well, Andy, we appreciate the time, and thanks for jumping on with us. And it is a happy day, so let's get at least a smile in Baltimore, right? This team's going to make some yeah. moves. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. A- Andy Koska from the Baltimore Banner. Same as usual. We'll post his, uh, his Twitter, his account, the whole deal. You can check him out, give him a follow, and see some of the clips that we just went through. So... Uh, Let's slap hands. Here we go. Big one tomorrow. So we've got Lance Lynn coming back strong to join us before he gets. Are you going to hang out with him, by the way, before he gets to. To Jupiter. Am I? Yeah, well, when he's down in Jupiter, you can. Yeah, I'll shoot him a text up. and see if he can fit me into his busy schedule of giving up homers. So we'll see. <laughs> and not going on <laughs> road trips. He was already. Also true. Also that. true. Yes. He's not going on road trips. Uh, for more on the Orioles story, we are going to bring on John Orand, who works for Puck. He used to work at SPJ. He broke the story yesterday about Baltimore. So we'll get some more insight from him. We can ask him some of those more intricate questions, too, about when he thinks the new dudes are going to take over as the owners of the team and when they can start making moves there. And Mike Monaco will join us too, play by play. He, he does the, uh, some Red Sox games. He does a, a number of baseball gigs. Todd father knows him, but that includes um, some Red Sox action. So we'll get his take on where the Red Sox are at. I think he's called some White Sox games in the past too. He was the guy a lot of people thought was going to be the new voice of the White Sox after Benetti. Benedict Arnold does. They, 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 maybe it wasn't it wasn't there. Um, that's why Benetti left. Go. That's why Benetti left. Got to pay the men if they're or women if they're worth it. Got to pay them. Got to pay those freaking play-by-play broadcasters. They're good. And that the analysts. Let's let's not forget about paying the analysts, Scott. Okay. Pay the broadcasters. Period. Pay everybody. Yeah. Pay everybody. Pay everyone. Yes, exactly. 
Brock Star, your star. Thanks for joining us, dude. By the way, Brock, is that your Pirates jersey? Yeah, this is mine. I have yet to get it framed, so it's just been in the closet. I wore it because I wore it for Rowdy Telez today, but I love it. Um, yeah, yeah, that's the old school. That's the first. That's the first big league jersey right there. The Pirates. It's beautiful. I think we you should have one available just whenever you need to just kind of bring it out and wear it, you know, and just reminisce. There you go. We weren't very good back then either. <laughs> not much has changed, dude. Yep. Unfortunately, not much has changed. All right, we'll see everyone on Thursday. Later. We've got a new offer for the FT fam with the same bonus code FOUL, F-O-U-L. Bet $5, get $158 instantly. Place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through the BetMGM Sportsbook app of at least $5, and you'll receive $158 instantly in additional winnings regardless of your wager's outcome. Download the BetMGM Sportsbook app, sign up and deposit at least $5 into your newly created account, Place a wager in the amount of at least $5 at standard odds price. And once you've placed a bet, you'll receive $158 in bonus bets, regardless of the outcome of your wager. Again, that's bonus code FOUL, F-O-U-L. Gambling problem or concern? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.